0: Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a teaching tutorial Thursday. It's a Greg Cosell Thursday. Presented, of course, by DraftKings. It's also the last show we have of the week. You guys know how we roll in the offseason in the summer. We are three shows a week until week one of the NFL regular season. Then we are daily. You can always, though, on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday... If you're missing me, I highly encourage you to listen to Fantasy Feast podcast, the Even Money podcast, the College Draft podcast, all of which are awesome. And, of course, Andrew Brandt's uh, fantastic Business of Sports podcast, especially since Andrew wasn't on this week. We do have winners each and every week, and I will announce those winners a little bit later in the show. I like to make sure you guys are hanging around so that you get the winners later in the show. For right now, it's Greg Cosell time. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, so Greg, I had an idea for um, a topic this week. But then, to be honest with you, there was too many guys in the news that I needed your football opinion on that we had to discuss. So... I want to do that. And I want to start with Kyler Murray. And let me even forget Kyler Murray a second. You don't know. Is it fair to say, Greg, you have no idea how much guys prepare or don't prepare by watching the video? All you can see watching the video is how quickly they go through their progressions and get to their second or third read versus one read and
1: then tuck is that fair for the most part yes i I would say that there are times where you can tell by watching a player um at any position probably that the process is important to him by the way he plays but that's not a high percentage that's that's probably a smaller percentage but for the most part i would have no idea how a player goes through his daily process that's correct give me a couple names of guys that uh, you can
0: tell that the process is important to him? Ooh, God, I,
1: you're hitting me with one of those questions. I, can't I mean, I could tell by there.
0: Peyton Manning just by the pre-snap stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think with quarterbacks, you can tell that by what they're asked to do, let's say, pre-snap. Like someone like Phillip Rivers, you could certainly tell that. You know, in many ways, Philip Rivers was just exactly like Peyton Manning uh, in the way in which he played, he just didn't get to a Super Bowl, So he's not thought of quite that way other than, as you know, Ross by coaches, you know, and that's what matters. Um, but yeah, I, I, so he would be an example that immediately came to mind, you know, with quarterbacks, sometimes it is hard to tell because you don't know what they're doing at the line of scrimmage. A lot of people presume to know when a quarterback, when you see a quarterback start talking at the line of scrimmage, people, presume they know what he's doing or what he's saying no one really knows that unless you know you know more information that other than just watching the tape so that's hard to know um but i know what you're getting at with murray and obviously we need to discuss that and normally i'm just a tape guy but it, it's it was really unprecedented what the cards did and really interesting in many ways
0: um uh, Let's discuss it. You know, I had heard a lot of stuff, and I mentioned this yesterday. I, you know, we all talk to people, right? Yeah. So I had heard there were major concerns with his preparation and with the time he put into it off the field. And by the way, Greg, this isn't, like, groundbreaking, okay? Michael Vick has admitted as much. I, I don't know if he's admitted as much, But I had multiple Steelers teammates tell me that early in his career, Ben Roethlisberger was the last guy to get there and the first guy to leave, Greg. Younger in his career. And he switched that. He changed that later in his career and became a a better prepared player. My point is, Greg, he's not the first talented young guy that doesn't put in extra time either because – does not feel like he needs to, or maybe sometimes these guys don't really know how to have that benefit them. Well, you, you'd don't be know. amazed yeah. how many linemen, Greg, get to the NFL and they're watching tape. And I'm in my fifth year, sixth year, and it's like a rookie. And I'm like, what What are you looking for? And they're like, oh, I'm just watching it. What, what do you mean you're just watching it? You're right, right, sure right. Watching it. <laughs> like, what, what, like, and you're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, well, when I watch, I watch. Every obvious passing down, I see what the guy's pass rush moves are. I chart them. So I know in the game Sunday, if it's obvious passing down, his go-to move is a right-hand club. That's his favorite move. It's his best move. And the only thing I know for sure going into the game, that guy is not beating me with a right-hand outside. I'm not letting it happen. Like He he might beat me the whole game. It's not going to be a right-hand club, Greg
1: right well you have to think of it this way it, the, the the issues with murray must have been so severe that the cards clearly felt they had to publicly humiliate the player because everybody sees contracts now ross these things are not private so they everybody knows including his agent who by the way he has the same agent as cliff kingsbury Everybody knows that this is going to get out. So it's a public humiliation of a player. Uh, So, you know, it, it must have been so, so, so bad that it was felt that it had to be done. I'm really curious, we all are,
0: to see how he reacts to it. My question is, Greg, how much of this can you tell watching tape? You watch every quarterback. Yeah. You watch them a lot. You watch the college guys. You watch the NFL guys. There, you, there's a difference. You can tell certain guys. I, I guess, the, let me take a step back. You probably can't tell how prepared they are or aren't. You can just tell how well they go about their mental processing during the game. Right? Like there might be guys that you watch, Greg, that don't prepare as much, but they're just really good at bing, bang, boom, and knowing where right. to go with the ball. And there might be guys, Greg, that prepare all week, but when they get out there and it's live bullets and guys, they just kind of, they melt.
1: Yeah, and, and that's hard to know for sure. All you can, All I can do watching the tape is see what they ask him to do based on the play concepts. And sure, they have concepts just like other teams have, um, what we don't know is how he's asked to go through progressions and read things. I know I watched a ton of third down and a ton of first down. That's what I did. So I probably watched 300 dropbacks of Kyler Murray. Um, I've, the screen game is a significant part of what they do. We know that that doesn't require any reading. That's a no read throw. Um, they didn't really feature play action very much. And when they did they weren't bad at it but they didn't do it very much so when i don't see a team run play action and by the way there are other teams with quarterbacks we would think of that are very very good that don't run a ton of play action so there's nothing universal here but when you don't run play action they probably are not comfortable and and i'm sure kyler's not comfortable turning his back to the defense because don't forget when he turns around the defense has moved and he's a shorter quarterback so he then if it takes an extra beat or so for him to figure out what the defense now looks like after he's turned his back the bodies get closer to him and he can't function well in contested pockets he will leave contested pockets um so murray at this point in his career He's a high-level talent. He's a great thrower of the football. He can make every throw you want. He's obviously dynamic with his legs. He's a spectacular player. The question becomes consistency of execution. And consistency of execution comes from preparation at this level. So when you go into a playoff game and you see the first half where they had something like seven three-and-outs in a row, we're not putting that all on Kyler Murray, but... When you get, and I think it was seven, it might have been six. um, But when you get that in a playoff game, then you ask yourself, why does that happen? Um, And again, it's not saying that it's Kyler Murray's fault. But the bottom line is, it's a preparation deal. And if you're a teammate of Kyler Murray, and you know this, because teammates know, Ross, you know this, teammates know everything. How do you feel about playing with Kyler Murray? Mixed emotions. On the one
0: hand, uh, I'm glad we have a talent like that. A guy that gives us a chance to win every game. A guy that had us win 11 games, get to the playoffs. And that we have a talented guy because half the teams in the league would probably love to have Kyler Murray. Without question. However, I really struggled as a player, Greg, with guys that didn't put the time in and didn't maximize their potential. Because here I am with my average ability at best across the board below average arm length. And I'm just trying to maximize everything God gave me to stay in the league as long as I can. And it's maddening the the interesting part is Greg at, I I almost liked when offensive linemen were like that because they were usually more physically talented than me. And that was my edge. You know, that was right. my edge to be on the team and them not, but when it was skill guys, that would frustrate me. Um, I guess the the last question there, Greg, is can you tell watching the tape that he
1: doesn't know what he's doing? No, you or, can't. Yeah, you, you can't, You can't right? necessarily tell that, no. Or I can't. I mean, maybe others no, can. You can't, you can't because
0: he could, Greg, know exactly what he's doing, just prefer to tuck it away, run around, and make a play. You know what I mean? Like, that's how Aaron Rodgers was at times. That's how Russell Wilson was at times. That's how Mahomes is at times. Some guys know what they're doing, but they still prefer the uh, second, what we call second reaction play.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I I can't tell, you know, uh, that he does or doesn't know what he's doing. You know, obviously Cliff Kingsbury came from Texas Tech, a college offense that by NFL standards would not be considered that multiple in what you're asking the quarterback to do. So, uh, you know, Cliff obviously knows Murray well. And, and Cliff's background is different from what would be considered, you know, NFL pass games. Uh, now, do they run things that other NFL teams run? Of course they do, but he runs a lot of the same things. But we don't know what Murray is asked to do from a mental standpoint and a progression reading standpoint. That we don't know. And, and so it's hard to answer that. It's hard for me to answer that. Obviously, there are people who know that. I can't really answer that question.
0: Let's talk Jimmy Garoppolo, Greg. Uh, He's very clearly, supposedly he's throwing and he's healthy. The Niners could not have made it more clear yesterday that he's not going to be a part of their football team this year. They're going to cut him before the first game if they can't trade him. But they'd like to trade him. There are teams out there, Greg, that I feel like he would clearly be an immediate upgrade. Seattle comes to mind, Atlanta comes to mind. You know, this is a guy that got his team to the NFC Championship game again last year. What do you think a team would be getting in Jimmy G? In particular, some of these teams like Seattle or Atlanta, where it feels like he'd be a lot better than what they currently have.
1: Well, I think Seattle's an interesting situation because I think that stylistically – and conceptually is the kind of team he would need to go to. He needs to go to a team where the run game is the foundation because Garoppolo is, for want of a better term right now, a system player in that he needs a run game. He needs the play-action pass game. He needs a rhythm and timing pass game. Garoppolo is not a quarterback that can sit in the pocket, and and make late in the down throws. That's not his game. He's very timing and rhythm based. Um, he was asked in San Francisco to make a lot of tough throws between the numbers. That was the nature of their pass game. And he made a lot of those throws with tremendous confidence. Um, he's not a high level thrower. He can't drive the football with tremendous velocity. He's not a great deep ball thrower. He's, he's a kind of quarterback that works within a scheme, and if the scheme is efficient, we know the Niners had a very good run game. That's their starting point and their foundation. It appears a team like Seattle will be the same. Uh, obviously, Chris Carson was forced to retire. They probably knew that, so they drafted Kenneth Walker in the second round, the back from Michigan State, and they have Rashad Penny re So there's a team that's going to be built on the run game, uh, and they address their O-line as well. So, you know, that's the style, and I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. It, you know, who knows where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up. Um, you're right, he could well get cut and get signed and, and as a backup. Uh, but that's the way in which he has to play. That's what his skill set presents to an offense, and you have to understand that if you're going to sign and play Jimmy Garoppolo. What about the
0: Houston Texans? What about? I know you've watched a lot of Davis Mills. I did, I did. We know Nick Casario... Help draft Jimmy Garoppolo in New England. Based on what you watched of Davis Mills, Greg, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo would represent an immediate upgrade? Or did you see enough from Davis Mills to say, I'm not so sure about that?
1: No, I think Davis Mills, I watched a ton of his tape a couple of weeks ago, and I really came away very very impressed with davis mills he's far more talented than garoppolo i thought he played extremely well um he has you know when i look at a quarterback i start with the the way in which he drops and throws repeatable mechanics you know that's one of the things and i'm not comparing mills to tom brady but that's one of the things that has made tom brady so great it's repeatable mechanics how you know we never talk about tom brady making off-platform throws right ross you know, I just yeah, watched to talk to Justin Herbert, too, this, this week. He doesn't make off-platform throws either. Um, so it's, it's repeatable mechanics. That's a strength of Mill's game. He also showed the field to make the right kind of throw. He was very compact with his delivery. He kept his front shoulder closed until he delivered the ball. Um, he saw things well and clearly. He was precise with his ball placement. I came away... A watch from watching Davis Mills feeling like this guy could be a very good NFL quarterback. And his, in, his, his knee injury is healed because he didn't play with a brace this year as he did his last year at Stanford, which concerned a lot of evaluators. But he's not a runaround quarterback, but he has more than functional mobility. And I really like the fact that he understood when to be patient and when to be aggressive throwing the ball depending on down and distance and field location. I came away extremely impressed with Davis Mills, and Garoppolo would not be an upgrade. He would be the backup in Houston. Wow. Far more talented than Jimmy G? He's a better thrower of the football. Wow. That's you know, Mills was the number one recruited quarterback coming out of high school in the Atlanta area, and the SEC stayed away from him because he committed to Stanford early. Um, but he was the number one quarterback. He's always been a high-level thrower of the football.
0: Wow. Well, the one guy uh, Davis Mills won't have this year, it appears, is John Mechie, uh, who it was announced this week, maybe last week, that uh, he has leukemia, that he'll be battling. I know you were a big Mechie guy, Greg. That's a big loss for Davis Mills and
1: the Texans. It's a big loss. I really like John Mitchie's tape. I watched his tape both in 2020 and in 2021. Um, refined route runner, not a true vertical dimension, but because of his route running ability, had there were plays in which he did get vertical. Uh, great feel at the intermediate levels. You know, the, the comparison I've always made from the moment I watched him two summers ago was Robert Woods. I thought there was a lot of Robert Woods to John Mitchie's game. Um, And that's a big loss because I thought he, you know, whether he was a quote unquote starter or not, because they still have Nico Collins, who showed flashes when I watched Davis Mills, and I'm sure they're counting on him to take a step up in his second year. And obviously, they still have Brandon Cooks. So it's possible Mechie could have been number three. But as we know, teams played with three wide a high percentage of the time. Uh, So that's a big loss for them. And I, I the number one thing is to get healthy. And be okay. Um, Hopefully he'll be back playing in the NFL a year from now. But yeah, John Mechie, his tape was very strong. And I thought that was a really good draft pick by the Texans.
0: Speaking of wide receivers, Greg, the last one I have for you today. The Buccaneers signed Julio Jones. And it's, oh, Julio Jones, Julio Jones, Hall of Famer Julio Jones. You know, we get to a point with some of these guys, Greg, where their name is is bigger than their game. You watched him last year in Tennessee, and I, I guess the, the simple question is, how much does Julio Jones have left?
1: You took the words right out of my mouth, Ross. I was going to say the name is better than the player at this point. Um, now, I'm sure they signed him as a relative stopgap, because Godwin, even though I guess he's been cleared, you just don't know. And they did sign Russell Gage, who to me is a really quality number three receiver. So, you know, and again, when I say number three, it's not a matter of where he lines up because Godwin's obviously played the majority of his snaps in the slot. Gage did play outside in New Orleans a good percentage of the time. So they move people around. Everybody does now. That's just the nature of pass offense with three wide receivers now. Um, So... You know, I don't know if they signed Julio, what they think they're going to get. He's clearly not the number one guy there. Um, But at this point in time, I would agree with you. I think the name Julio Jones sparks excitement just as it did a year ago when he he signed with the, uh, 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 the Titans. But I don't think the tape warrants that at this point. And you've got durability issues. He hasn't really played very much the last number of years. No,
0: he hasn't. It's, uh, it's been an issue. And I, I think those two things go hand in hand, by the way. He's gotten hurt so much yep. that it, it can't help but affect his play and his performance on the field a little bit. Greg, awesome stuff as always. I got like nine. The interns are going to hate me. I don't know how many of these will end up cutting up for social media at Ross Tucker NFL, at Ross Tucker Pod. Really appreciate the time. Thanks, Ross. No, thank you. And thank you. Express clothing. I've got a speaking engagement Saturday morning and I don't wanna wear one of those hot, heavy suits. Thank goodness Express can help you beat the heat in lightweight linen, breathable cotton, so many different fabrics to choose from like seersucker if you're a real baller. It's perfect for weddings. You can find an outfit For every destination at Express, online or in-store.
1: Good morning, Ross. Let's start today with Travis Kelsey. Got an adjusted contract. It's $3 million more this season.
0: Good morning, Bri. And yes, I'm I'm very happy for him. He signed a very, very team-friendly contract a year ago. And... Listen, that's that's his choice. That's up to him. Everybody has their reasoning, but then he saw what some of these other guys were getting, and I think he was like, "Wait, that's not cool. That's not okay." And so the Chiefs adjusted by giving him three million dollars more this year, which I think right now both sides are happy with this. You know, Kelsey's happy that they adjusted it to give him uh, a a more tenable salary for this season. And the Chiefs are thinking, you know what? We're still getting off cheap. You see what Njoku's getting? You see what guys like Dalton Schultz and Gesicki are going to get? Yes, we'll gladly move $3 million up from a couple years from now into now, especially because they expect to probably have him a couple years from now. They're going to have to probably adjust the whole thing at some point. I don't know when that will be. But this is a way to kind of uh, put a Band-Aid on it, at least for this year, with one of the most dominant players in the NFL. I would love to see what Travis Kelsey would get on the open market. I think he would really reset the tight end market if a guy like him was truly available as a free agent.
1: Packers left tackle David Bakhtiari had another procedure on his knee. No timetable for recovery.
0: Now, he posted on social media that he'll be back soon and seems to believe that and is excited about that. I hope that's the case. You know, he tore his ACL at the end of the 2020 season. He didn't play at all last year. Not at all. And was going to come back, but had a setback. Didn't sound good. Now we had another procedure in April to try to correct whatever the issue is. I put this on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. I definitely have concerns about whether or not David will play again. He seems to think he will. He seems to think that this new procedure did the trick. It was in April. You know, we're in late July now, so I don't know what the procedure was, but we're talking at least, you know, two full months, May and June, almost three full months. So I'd be curious to know what that procedure might have been. Might have to get Dr. Chow on the show soon to talk to him about it, find out what Bakhtiari's six score is, because it still doesn't sound good to me, Bry. And I hope he ends up being fine. I hope he ends up being able to play for uh, many years and at a high level, I guess I, I'm, I'm skeptical.
1: And finally, the Denver Broncos sign right tackle, Cam Fleming and the Niners cut defensive end D Ford.
0: Well, so right tackle for the Broncos is sort of up in the air. It's a little bit of a problem area. If you've been checking out my O line rankings on social media, because they're up on Instagram, Facebook, and I'll put the last one up on Twitter this morning, at Ross Tucker NFL. You notice that right tackle was one of the question marks that I had for the Denver Broncos. Cam Fleming started some games for them last year, so it definitely makes sense to me to bring him into the mix. Cam has always been a solid guy. He's always been a guy that, you know, he's not going to lose the game for you, so... You bring him in with Billy Turner, Tom Compton, and make sure you have depth there. I like it. Now they've got, you know, Compton can play inside or outside, and they've got Cam Fleming. So I kind of like um, what they're doing there on the offensive line in Denver. And D Ford just could never, ever stay healthy in uh, San Francisco. You know, he came over from the Chiefs. He obviously is very explosive. Just wasn't ever really quite able to stay healthy. Just like some of you have not been able to understand how good some of these deals are at DraftKings. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code ROSS, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Are you kidding me? Promo code Ross. I know new states are opening up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. You can see the show notes for details. Love me some DraftKings. Love me some winners. Bri, let's announce some winners. I want winners. I want people that want to win. And as a reminder, next week's contest starts immediately. As soon as I announce this week's winner... Winners! Next week's contest starts. The spread the word winner, Rohan Davy North. I don't know if that's the guy's real name or not because there was a guy quarterback that was Rohan Davy. I never know, but Rohan Davy North replied on Twitter to at Ross Tucker Pod yesterday with the Mike Sando podcast, which I thought was terrific, by the way. So kudos to Rohan Davy North. Let me know. Ross at RossTucker.com. If you want one of these awesome press passes or a signed picture or a signed football card, any of them you can have. The sponsor confirmation email winner, Debbie Kramer, with the Raycon Earbuds. You have no idea how much I love and how often I rock my Raycon earbuds. So shout out to Debbie. You know the deal, Debbie. Email me, Ross at Ross And then the YouTube shout-out, I think I'm saying this right, Johannes Sanchez. Johannes Sanchez, I believe. Congratulations, Johannes. I love doing the YouTube shout-out videos. They are a blast for me to do a short video for you. Then I email you the link, and you have it to show your buddies or whoever you want the shout-out for. Just hit me up, Ross at RossTucker.com, Johannes. To let me know who you want the shout out for. I want to give shout outs to our patrons patreoncom Media, like pizza boy brewing, sportaculture, humanheadnyc.com, steakhouse sports.com, go-bangles.com and evergreen economics. Check out some of our I think we're done here members. They are listeners of the show just like you that have small businesses that are trying to help grow with a shout-out at the end. The the, the, The least you can do is check out their website every once in a while and see what these guys and gals are rolling with. Other than that, have an awesome weekend. It's our last weekend without football. The Hall of Fame game is one week from tonight. That is insane. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast.